Welcome to Coaching Confidential, a podcast by baseball coaches as we bring you inside the game. The podcast will take you behind the scenes in college and minor league baseball. Lou Bernardi and George Carroll were college teammates and went on to play and coach on the next level. Bernardi has coached at the Division 1, 2, and 3 levels and is currently the pitching coach at the United States Merchant Marine Academy. Carroll went on to play professionally and is now a catching coach in the minor leagues. Here are your hosts, Lou Bernardi and George Carroll. GC, what's going on, man? How we doing? Sweet Lou, what's the good word? Nothing much, man. Just hanging in there, dude. What, what's, uh, what's going on down there? What do you got going on? Uh, so we just have a playing the Cardinals this week. So a uh, big matchup here in the uh, Jupiter area. Got to see some family. Um, so play a little golf. <laughs> but uh, getting ready to head over to the ballpark in a couple minutes. So, um, Lou, what's our topic today? We got, you, well, I just want, want, want to make something known for the record. It sounds like you got a really tough life right now, dude. Oh, yeah. Major. I worked out today. was on a meeting today. You know, long day so far before we begin our pregame or pre-day routines. Love it. What we got Love for today. Hey, good segue there into what we're going to talk about today. A lot of people asking us, especially now that summer ball and travel ball and everything is in, is in full swing, um, college season's over, minor league baseball is in, is in full tilt. Um, people are asking us, what time should you get to the ballpark Give us through a, a BP routine. Talk to us about infield, outfield, IO, um, you know, report times, stretch, throw, run, whatever, whatever, you know, that might entail. So let's dive right into it. We're going to talk about game routines and some things that some of these coaches that we have listening could bring to their team. So, George, let's start. What time is your game tonight? Games is 6-10. But report time is a little bit later than normal uh, today for some reason. So we're reporting at 2 o'clock. So what that entails is you have a four-hour gap between – well, today we have a four-hour gap between the actual report time and when we start playing games, uh, start playing our game. So what happens in that early part of the day is, you know, we have open cages. So we get all the guys in the cages for about an hour, hour and a half. Um and we have defensive time slots available for the guys, like the way that I structure my defense with my guys um, as I take them individually once a week. And then I take them as a group once a week. And if a guy wants to do anything more than once a week, then, you know, they'll do more than, more than two days a week of individual work. So that's how that works. And then, you know, you get your pregame meal, you go over scouting reports for the game, you get out there, you do your stretch routine, your throwing program, and then if Four and a half hours later, it's like, oh, man, all right, game time. Here we go. So I remember at the summer collegiate league level, it was significantly different, but it was super similar schedule. Um, BP, we usually take BP on the field at some point. Um, and we did it in college, too. So, Lou, what's, uh, what's a typical college summer ball? Well, BP I wanna, routine? Before I get into college, coach, I want to dive into your, to your pregame. So you're there four hours typically <clears throat> before first pitch. What's the first thing your players are doing when they report to the ballpark four hours prior to game time? Uh, each one's a little different, but just to be very general, um, getting a scouting report on the pitcher, like who they're going to face that night, you know, getting the team scouting report, what, what certain guys do. Uh, for me, with my scouting reports, uh, we have like cards I give the guys that me and the pitching coach work on together. 
um, of they go, they have like an arm sleeve to get the card. You know, we're not calling pitches, but we're, we have information on there, what kids tendencies are, you know, where, uh, where the safe zone is for the fastball, where we can throw a fastball, where we're not going to, where the, the hitter is not going to do damage. So we go over stuff like that. Um, hitters go over the pitchers, scouting reports. They talk about, you know, what he likes to do in certain counts. And then for me as the first base coach, um, being the base running coach, I look at the scouting report of what his tendencies are of throwing breaking balls in certain counts and where he has a tendency to throw those breaking balls. So I have that information prior to the game. So I know if we can take advantage of stealing bases in certain counts or certain situations. So there's a lot of prep work that goes into it in the pro level versus the, there's a lot of like numbers and stuff, prep work that goes into it before more on the pro level than there is any, any other yeah. level. So, so if we could simplify it, if we could follow the same principles that's happening at the pro level, I want to kind of leave the college level out of this, and I want to see if we can figure out a way for an amateur team to use a pregame professional model on an amateur level with obviously a much shortened time. The typical travel team is reporting an hour before a game. Is that fair, George? Yeah, probably an hour, hour and a half. So if you're four hours prior to, and the first thing you do is a scout or just basic information on who you're playing, I think if we can tell our travel team coaches or amateur coaches that the first thing they should do when they get to the ballpark is maybe sit your team down and go over a basic strategy, go over a basic game plan on who you're playing, things that you might want to see done, things that you might want to achieve for the day, I think your team will have a better understanding of, of what their level of expectation is. And one thing that drives me crazy, and I'm so glad that you said the first thing you guys do is talk, right? And, and talk in, in, in sense of scouting report, strategy, game plan, um, game management. One of the things that drives me crazy, and I see it a lot at the college level, and I don't understand why, is, is a team will go out, run, stretch, and throw, get hot, and then the coach will bring them in and sit them down for a half hour and talk to them. And it's like yeah. they just spent a half hour getting loose, and now you're going to sit these kids down so they get cold again and then expect them to go and take BP or IO? It makes no sense. So, like – you, you, you're 100% right that the first thing you should do is talk. Don't have your kids warm up for an hour and then talk for a half hour and then expect them to go out and play. It just defeats the purpose of warming up. And I see it at every single level. It, it's mind-boggling that coaches think that you can go out and run, stretch, and throw and then talk about a practice plan. Talk about the practice plan and then go and execute it. On game days – Talk about the game plan and then go execute it. Don't have your kids warm up and get hot and throw and run and stretch and do everything and then say, all right, everybody, team meeting in the dugout. It's like, what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? And I, I, It just frust it frustrates me so much. And I see it in every sport. I see it in basketball. I see it in football. You know, hey, let's get hot for an hour and then do nothing for 45 minutes and expect to go play a game. So yeah. – so, guys, listen, if they're doing it at the pro level, the first thing you should do is have your – whatever whatever elaborate meeting you think that you're having, have it before your team gets loose. 
Well, good point that you brought up is we have expectations for the week. So, for example, uh, last week's expectations from the offensive side were to have – our goal was to score eight runs a game and have less strikeouts and have more hits than strikeouts. That was our goal. So we set, like, an expectation for ourselves. Basically have more hits than strikeouts. Did we accomplish that goal? No, but we got pretty close to it. The week before that, we had a goal where we were going to score. Like I said a second ago, our goal was to score eight runs per game, right? <clears throat> and that goal was usually dictated based off who we were playing that, that week. Um, so if you're at the high school um, summer ball level, maybe you're the coach who says, hey, instead of having expectations on the other team, because a lot of times – a lot of times you don't have information on the other team. You just you just playing, you know, Joe's Crab Shack or whatever, right? Um, the expectation should be as a group, hey, bases, you know, we're going to have more extra base hits than, than regular base hits. We're going to have more walking team prior to starting to get loose for the game. I think goes a long way because then post-game, instead of talking about like maybe situations that went on during the game, maybe re reflect on how we did or did not accomplish our goal of getting more hits and strikeouts, being scoring six runs, getting three stone bases in the game. So I think that's huge for the development process for your kids. Yeah. All right. So we understand, you know, first thing we're going to do is talk. Uh, what's the next thing you're doing? What are the, what, what are your guys doing next? Uh, doing early work. So either I'm taking guys to do early work for defense or we're taking guys in the cage to do early work. So that usually lasts about, about an hour to an hour to an hour and a half. So how would you, how would you advise an amateur team to get their early work in? Um, well, I would think that uh, for an amateur team to get their quote unquote early work in, it'd be, more player driven than it is coach driven because you only have like two or three coaches on a team and you got 12 players on a team. So maybe you put guys in groups where you say, Hey, you, you four guys are going to work on a uh, backhand routine. You guys are going to work on short hops and then you guys are going to work on picks or whatever. And then you have maybe some outfielders they work on, you know, working back on the ball and you have it driven more by the player, but you take charge in each day where you go to a different group where you're working with the catchers where you're working with the infielders where you're working with the outfielders even if you don't really know what you're doing working with infielders or outfielders let's say you're catching guy at least try to listen to what they're saying and what they're trying to get better at try to give them some information because at the end of the day you're a coach you're there to guide them so whatever you think is best for the player um, whatever you think is best for your team um, is what you should always be doing obviously but I think this is a good way to get your get your face in front of all your players before the game, work with all your players, but also letting them maximize the most amount of work they can do prior to the game. Yeah, I like it. Are you doing your early work before your full team is getting uh, stretched together? Yeah, typically that's what we do. Um, with, yeah, because I, I usually bring a hack attack on the road with us or a hack attack in, in, the, in the cage and we work on receiving, blocking, throwing, all that, all that fun stuff. But I have big – workload management things I got to work on as far as like making sure one guy doesn't do too much, making sure this guy does, does more than he should, than he wants to things like that. So before BP happens on the field, we're doing all this individual work. When does the team, when does the team uh, warm up together? When, when do you have your run stretch throw? So pitchers run 
stretch throw by themselves because they got to go through plyo routines, extra stretching routines, stuff like that. And then, um, you know, we go, we go run, stretch and throw. So let's say you have a 630 start for the day, say 630 game. The home team is usually going to take BP first. So we're going to take BP from 3.30 to 4.30. So if we're taking BP from 3.30 to 4.30, maybe some of those meetings happen within that two-hour gap of the game, or maybe some of that extra early work goes in between that two-hour gap. Since we're on the road this week, let's say game time's at 6.30, we're going to take BP from 4.30 to 5.30. So there's always about an hour, hour and a half gap before the game starts. Let everybody kind of cool down. Gotcha, gotcha. And then – defensively as far as team defense are you doing an IO at all or no usually once a week we do an IO and then once a home series we'll do a team fundamental it's different in the minor leagues than it is in the in summer collegiate ball or summer collegiate ball or, or summer high school baseball um as a coach you want to try to get as much work in as you can with your players because think about it, your players have lives and your players parents have lives. They don't want to be at the ball field seven days a week. So you have to be able to maximize your work in the short amount of time that you have. So if I'm a summer ball coach, I'm going to try to take IO every day because it's the most realistic you can be um, for practice, practice prep for the game. What do you got on that, Lou? Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not a huge fan of infield outfield. I've, I've voiced this before. Um, I do agree that, you know, this amateur baseball and even to a certain extent, collegiate baseball, um, they don't – we're not given the amount of time that you're given with your athletes. Yeah. So you do have to condense, I guess, a little bit on, on a game day. Um, to me, on-field BP, if you do it right, is the best defensive practice you can get because you're getting live reads off the bat. Um, you get – you know, every potential situation that you can do in an infield outfield – you can, you can mimic in an on-field BP with actual reps and actual game speed. So I'm much more of a fan of doing all your defensive work during BP, including base running. And I know we've talked about this before. Um, you know, a lot of times, though, these travel teams, you're, hit, you're hitting in the cages. So, George, put us through a batting practice routine – for a young team pregame that they're taking in the cages? <laughs> you could do this. Say you have one cage and 12 players. Talking about live reads, um, infillers or outfillers at the back of the cage, but outside the cage, like way outside the cage. Or like, let's say you have like a solo cage, maybe get your players around it. And every second or third pitch, the coach says, all right, we're live. And then as he throws the ball, the kids get set, and then they just react to the ball being hit from the from the batter, right? Like they're not fielding a ball, but at least they're trying to learn and read a reaction, have a reaction to reading the ball off the bat. That's something you can do. This is just one cage. Well, you got that going on. Maybe you have another group of players actually working on ground balls, another group of players working on fly balls. You know, just try to like designate your practice pregame. Um, try to make it some drill oriented so you're not you you don't have anybody standing around for the 30 minutes that you have prior to the game have the guys constantly working um, what do you guys do for um, so I know you don't want to talk about the summer ball college thing but what was your pregame routine you had with your guys at, at, uh, at the academy 
So it was similar to yours where the day is long, right? And I think the misconception that you show up to the field and play a game is completely wrong. And the higher the level, probably the earlier the report time, you know, my guys were there four hours prior to a game, every single home game. And, you know, we did early work just like you. And for the most part, pitchers had their own routines. I will say at, at, a, at, a, at a travel ball level, try to keep everybody together um, and just utilize as much time as possible. But we would do, we would do early work. Then we'd do uh, run, stretch, throw as a team. Then we'd go into BP. Then we'd go into IO. Um, whatever field setup or cleanup we had to do, and then first pitch. So, you know, that was pretty much our routine in a four-hour window. And I think if we can just relay one message across to everybody today is there's a lot that goes into it. So, you know, a 12-year-old travel team right here, well, make sure the first thing you do at a field is communicate with your players. Then do some level of early work or extra work with, with individual players and utilize as many coaches as possible, then go into your standard, um, you know, team, team warm-up agility, a run and a stretch, and some sort of pregame throwing routine, and then go into either a BP or an infield outfield. At the same time, your starting pitcher should probably be getting loose, um, finish with some sprints, and then get in the dugout and get ready for first pitch. I mean, I, it's kind of universal, but I think I see it a lot. I don't like how some teams will show up 15 minutes before a game, not even stretch as a team. Guys go out and play catch, and they expect to perform well. I just don't think it happens that way. Well, you, you the way you prepare is how you're going to show up for the game. To be honest, if you have piss-poor preparation, you're going to have a piss-poor performance. So – when you're when you have your groups, when you have your teams, like typically for BP, you know, one group hits, one group's running the bases, the other group is either getting live reads or fungos. You know, it's just what it is. But if you're trying to be creative, figure out ways to individualize that practice as much as you can. So, um, in saying that, if I were to give most important advice, I would I would tell these trial ball tell trial ball coaches and new coaches prior to your games here, especially during the summertime, have a pre-game expectation for what's going to happen in the game, whether you say, hey, we're going to get more hits and strikeouts, we're going to steal four stolen base, we're going to be four for five, at least on stolen bases today. Um, from the pitching perspective, we're going to have more walks. Um, we're going to try and induce contact on, let's say, 60% of, of your pitches that are that are, that are are swung at, you know, free or, or balls put in play. Whatever you're trying to do, try to, try to come up with some kind of pregame message that they cannot just be trying to achieve that they're trying to achieve in the game. Also, they're also trying to win the game, right? So you're trying to win the game, but inside the game, we're trying to do these little things like strike out less, score X amount of runs, get stolen bases, walk as little many little as less hitters as possible, stuff like that. So, yeah, no, I like it. I like. It. I think the key though, it stems back to us talking real early about practice, um, practice plans, and and and. It all stems from communication. So even if, even though it's game day, if you don't communicate a clear message to what you want your players to achieve that day, and more so than just winning the game, um, you're setting yourself up for, for failure and you're not really giving your players and team 
the best opportunity to, to win the game. So, um, yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. Yeah, that's all. And yeah, that's basically all I got on this. So if I were to, if we were to wrap this up, um, I would say come up with a pregame routine, try to execute it within the game and try to win every game you can. Yeah. Yeah. Just give your, give your team guys, give your team the best, you know, possibility and opportunity to win. I mean, you don't, don't just roll the balls out and expect to perform. Put in a little extra work because the more work you put in pregame, all right, if, you, if you're doing some, some sort of hitting and fielding and running and some team stretch and early work, and if you, you, you're having your meetings before you do any of this, you're going to put yourself in a much better situation to, uh, to win the ball game. Oh, yeah, can't agree more, you know. Um... It's just like when Dougie showed up with the pizza box with the lineup on it. <laughs> wasn't really prepared, but we might have won that game because we were the Stangs, but that's about it. Listen, we did win that game, but I think, like, you know, look good, play good, right? Or, or act good, feel good, play good, whatever the saying might be. I mean, you, you got to be professional. I don't care if it's 10-U baseball. There's, there's a right way to do things and a wrong way to do things, and – Let's let's start doing things the right way, all right, especially on game day, so we're preparing our players for the next level. And whatever the next level might be, it's seventh grade, JV, varsity, you know, elite travel, college, you know, maybe one day professional. If we can establish the norm, and the norm is doing things the right way, then our players are going to be much more successful moving forward. George, I, I think that's all I got on that. I'll give you the last word here. Yeah, just, you know, like I said a minute ago, create pregame routine, create pregame routines, create game goal expectations of not just winning the game, but also trying to achieve certain things within the game. And then act like you've been there before, even if you haven't. Um, treat those how you wish to be treated, especially when you get like a big W or, or you get, you get crushed. You know what I mean? So go about your business the right way. And uh, I promise your kids will learn, will learn a lot easier and have a lot more fun doing it. I like it. GC always good. Hopefully a lot of good information here today, as always. Um, hopefully some of these coaches and also some of the players li listen to what we said, because you know what? It's not always the coach's fault or responsibility. Sometimes you got to take ownership of your own career and you got to make these changes yourself to help benefit yourself. So players think about it as well. It's not, it's not only the coaches that have to learn, um, but parents tell your players to listen and they can do it themselves. So we'll leave it there. GC always good, brother. Good luck today. Let's beat the Cardinals. All right. Thanks for you, Lou. Later. Thanks for listening and make sure to subscribe and leave a rating for our podcast and check back for the next episode of Coaching Confidential.